0: Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today we are joined by Catherine Kilpatrick, Director of Corporate Marketing at Symfony. Now Symphony is the most secure and compliant markets infrastructure and technology platform where solutions are built or integrated to standardize, automate, innovate, and liquefy financial services workflows. Catherine is here to tell us about the Innovate Conference run by Symfony and what it has set out to achieve. Catherine, it is great to have you here with us. How are you? I'm wonderful, thanks for having me. Fantastic, so firstly, just for everyone listening, tell us about Symfony and what the business actually does. Sure. So, Symphony was founded in 2014,
1: and today you gave some of our talking points in the, the intro. But today, it's a vibrant community of over half a million financial professionals that use the secure and compliance enabling infrastructure that we've built. We also have a trusted directory that serves over a thousand institutions, so people really are able to know who they're communicating with. We also have open APIs. So we have over 2000 community built applications and bots that help enable faster
0: workflows. Amazing. And what about your role? What sure. it actually involves?
1: Yes. So I joined Symphony in 2015, so just after we were founded and I have always been around marketing but as those of the the people on the this podcast know in the fintech space sometimes when you join a startup you wear many many hats and your job changes over time so that has been certainly the case for me but so I've always done marketing right now I'm focused on our events including innovate which we'll talk about uh, later as well as all of other thought leadership
0: it's so great that you've shared it like that because, you know, too true, you know, roles change and evolve and, you know, you yeah. can take on so much, but then even when your role becomes a little bit more directive, there's still so much to, to bring into that as well. So yeah. tell us about Innovate because I know it's a community sure. and, and it's quite unique. So it'd be good to hear all about it. Sure. So at its core Symphony
1: Innovate is our community conference, so it is an opportunity to showcase what Symphony has built and new product enhancements, new product developments from our team. It's a thought leadership platform, and it also gives a space for our customers and our partners to showcase things that they have built as well on top of the platform. I mentioned earlier that we have open APIs, so the... Really, it's a celebration for all of the things that our community has built and come together for.
0: And what about its foundations? Because I know you've said to me that you don't particularly like conferences, <laughs> or you haven't in the past. So tell us yeah. how you've made this different.
1: Sure, that is true. I lead conferences, and I don't always love them. I think that, and this is no judgment towards other people who, who run conferences, but I think sometimes these people get really stayed and focused on what they've always done. So we always have panels, we always have these speakers, we have sponsors, we have, you know, we, it's kind of like a boring conference room. And I think that that is sort of what people are accustomed to. And it's what people accept, I think, particularly within financial services, I think, and FinTech a little bit, I think tech has amazing conferences, when you think about, you know, the wonderful conferences that tech, the tech industry puts together, that are exciting, and they bring in amazing speakers, etc. But for us, you know, particularly as a startup, we first started Innovate one year after I joined. So in 2016, so we were just a baby of a company. And my goal was to make it really fast paced, number one. So if someone had a demo or a speech they wanted to give, I would say, can you cut that to 30% of how much time you think you need? You know, how quick can it be? And the other thing is, I think that sometimes we can be too formal on stage and that, create distance with the audience. And I like to create more energy, more fun. The number one note that I give all of our speakers is, can you make a joke? Can you bring, can you ask the audience a question? Can you bring them in? So I think the combination of all of those things, while still maintaining the fidelity to the content, we want to make it as captivating and interesting as we can. We also want to make it interesting, but we want to make it interesting and exciting in a way that it's not like we need to bring in celebrities Uh, to make it interesting. We can be interesting ourselves. The last thing I'll say in terms of what makes us unique, which everyone thinks that I'm crazy when I tell them that this is how we do it, but all of our demos are fully live. So most of the time when you go to a conference and you watch a product demo, it is somehow recorded. You know, Maybe it's recorded and you know it's recorded and it's a video or it's recorded to look like it's live. And I think that there's a lot of value in doing that. It obviously reduces your risk of something messing up on the day. But I think that when things are live, everybody steps up. Everybody has like a little bit more energy. I think people are very proud of what they're able to do.
0: And I think that that
1: imbues the audience with a little bit more awe than they would have otherwise.
0: Yeah, I really feel that. I've been at a number of events where things are live and then things have been recorded and you're, you're so right, the energy in the room makes a shift. And I think that energy that you know, you're, you're speaking about, the excitement, someone being able to tell a joke, you know, being able to have that connection with the audience, It is truly unique in conference world right now. I'd like us to sort of rewind a little bit because I want to hear more about that journey. You know, when, when did it start? You mentioned that the first conference was in 2016, but how has it actually grown since then? Sure.
1: So it actually started out around the anniversary of the launch of the company. So that was the initial focus. So first we had a launch party and it was truly just a party and excitement, there were some demos that we did. And then the second year we said, let's make this more into a conference. Let's bring our partners up on stage. Let's bring our customers up on stage and let's have some discussions along with celebrating that we're one year in after the launch of the business. And that is sort of how Innovate evolved. So it started in, as I said, in 2016, and we have now had 10. So we've always had one in New York, every year. Obviously, during COVID, things went digital, but we've always had one in New York. We've had a couple in Asia. We had one in Hong Kong and one in Singapore. And we just had our first in Europe that was in April this year. So we've had 10 overall. We're planning for our October event in New York that will be number 11. And you know it's grown and shifted over time. It's shifted in focus as the company has shifted in focus. It has brought different kinds of people up on stage as we've wanted to highlight different parts of our business, but the fidelity to the tenants that I just discussed, live demos, keeping it fast paced, keeping it interesting, you know, taking the content seriously, but not taking ourselves too seriously. Those things have always stayed true.
0: That's great just to hear the sort of foundations that you've, you've stayed true to over the yeah. years. Now looking at that April London event, I know that diversity played a really big part. I'm very interested in you sharing your thoughts on this because this is where I think a lot of other people organizing conferences, they can learn and we can really, you know, bring up the the whole quality level of the conference world. I am very proud to say we worked extremely hard.
1: We, 40% of our speakers on stage were women. And as a woman, I see that as a huge success. Of course, I would love it to be 50% or, you know, even more than 50%, but 40% was, I think, quite an achievement, particularly given that we're in financial services and tech. We're at the cross-section of that, which are both industries that are not known to have a lot of women representation, particularly at the senior levels. And we did that by a couple of things. Number one, Brad Levy, our CEO, was very focused on showcasing representation on stage. It was a core metric that I was asked to focus on and it came up in every meeting I had with him about the conference and he was willing to pull in his own network to make that happen. It also allowed us to think within the symphony community, within the symphony team about who are the women that we want to highlight and who are even the more junior, younger women that we feel like we want to showcase who are maybe up and comers in their space. And we had an all women women panel where they didn't talk about how they were all women. They talked about how they're experts in their field and they talk about the industry. And it was, To this day, I get feedback about how great that panel was and how they all talked about things that people still think about. What's different about that is that when we started this conference, I don't think anyone ever brought up to me that they wanted to have women on stage. We had all male panels. I mean, we had women on stage, certainly, but it wasn't something that I counted or thought about or that anybody was really talking about or thinking about. And over the past six, seven years, I think that's really shifted and it's become something that I, my eyes go to. And it's something we are very focused on as an organization, not just showing female representation, but LGBTQ diversity and people of color. The event was in Europe. So we wanted to make sure that we had people from different countries, different accents on stage. I think that there's lots of different ways to show if it's a community event you have to represent that with with who's on stage
0: Mm. yeah community event represent that community i absolutely love it so it's it's great just to hear how how you've built this the journey of it if people are listening now and they want to get involved what's the best way so our next event is october 20th in new york
1: and it is available for all you just have to register So if you go to innovate.symphony.com, you can sign up for free to watch it and see all of the innovations that community has built. So it's available for
0: everyone. Fantastic. My last question, which is always my favorite, because I love to hear calls to action and encouragement to the audience to take the lessons and learns from each of the podcasts and put them into action. How can people help with inclusion in our industry in workplaces, at conferences like your own? I think it falls into a couple categories. One, you have to
1: try. You have to try to be inclusive. If you're in a position where you're planning something, you're planning a panel, you're planning a discussion, focus on making sure that you have representation on stage from different viewpoints. Make it a priority. Ask for help. Think beyond the kind of obvious people who always talk about this topic and think about who else in your network or your extended network that could potentially help. So first it's, you have to be prepared to have the conversation. And sometimes it's an uncomfortable conversation. You know, we have to have, I have to have conversations sometimes with speakers who we want to have on stage. And we say, are there female members of your team that you want to bring on stage with you? Because it's just for whatever reason, it's not part of our thought process unless you trigger it. And then usually the answer is, oh, yeah, absolutely. I want to highlight this person or that person. But you have to be willing to have that conversation. So that's thing one. And I think thing two, one thing I'm really proud about is that at Symphony, we don't participate in all male panels. So for instance, our CEO just did a panel a couple of weeks ago. And when he looked at the people who were going to be on stage with him, it was all men. And so we went through our network and found a female who would be a good ad and proposed to the organizers and said, can we add this person to the panel? And they said, absolutely, we should. You know, that's a, that's a great idea. But you have to be willing to kind of do the work to get there and say, if we're not able to make this change, I'm going to have to step down from doing this. So I think it's, I think it's just people aren't always thinking about it. They're thinking about you know i want to focus on the next thing and then check that off my list and then go to the next thing so you have to be willing
0: to put in kind of a little bit more um, i think to get there and i love those examples you shared with us like this is true walk the talk you know it's not just i would like to see more 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 diversity within panels it's someone saying i'm not going to be part of that panel but actually moreover not abstaining but instead bringing somebody into the panel, and raising that awareness through action. Your whole podcast has been around how you've gone and done things. And it's just so inspiring to hear it. And I wish you all the success with the next Innovate on October the 20th. And everyone listening, please look into signing up to that. But Catherine, it's been just a brilliant podcast, learning about you, Symphony, and Innovate. Thank you very much for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series.
1: Thank you.